Hey there, everyone. I hope everybody is staying safe and healthy and sane during this time, as uncertain as it is. I'll keep this brief. Uh, Jamie and I decided to do a podcast all about biology. We thought since spring is here, um, it might be fun to talk about all the things you can do in your own backyard and in your house if you're a parent at home with your child or any of you teachers listening that need some ideas of what to tell parents or, or how to conduct your online learning or learning from home or whatever you you may be doing. Um, anyway, so we sit down and we talk about biology. It's great. It's super fun. It was It was so fun to talk about this beautiful subject area that we both love so much. So I hope you enjoy. And as always, we are here for you. Seriously, this is a really tough time. Um, And please reach out to us, email us, message us on Instagram, whatever you need. Jamie and I want to be here for you. Um, So enjoy this little episode about biology. Hi, Rachel. We're back again. We're back again so soon. It's like we have all this time to do nothing with but everything at the same time. <laughs> I know, I know. So we're adjusting to the new everyone at home all the time schedule. Mm-hmm. But uh, we thought this episode, we'd explore an album again. Uh, you know, we explored the music album a few weeks ago. And this time we thought we'd um, wander through biology and we'll look at the album resources, do a review, but also we'll touch on how they can, how some of these activities could be adapted to happen uh, at home while everyone is is holed up at home these days. Yeah, and with spring sort of blooming all around us, what a great time to explore nature. Um, and that's another reason why we thought biology would be really exciting right now um, because like for example today it's a little bit warmer outside and I was uh, walking my dog this morning and the trees are starting to bloom Um, and it's funny when it's so gorgeous outside it almost made it almost made me forget what's happening (laughs) right now (laughs) it's sort of a strange experience but it's it's beautiful outside and and we still have the chance to at least get outside in our yards and take walks for now. Yep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of work we can do with children. Um, I mean, getting outside is sort of the one of the first things we want to do in the classroom before we introduce biology to the children. We want to take them out on nature walks. We want to expose them to different aspects of nature. That's right. And a nature walk um, doesn't have to be anything complicated. It's simply a walk through nature. It can be in your backyard. It can be in a beautiful park. It can be anywhere. And it's mostly to observe nature, wouldn't you say, Jamie? Yeah. And so, you know, it's different from just your average walk because what you do want to do is help the children be observant. So you you know, you don't have to direct this or require it, but you do, you have a conversation ahead of time about how we will see nature better if we stay quiet. Um, and that, and then we as adults want to model how we observe, pause and look at things, um, show them how 
how to do that and how to um, how to think about or ask questions about what they're seeing. And um, I, what would you say about taking a notebook with you? I would say probably you could write about it afterwards. I don't know what, what would you say? Either way. I mean, if the nature walk is a new practice in your classroom or your home, you might want to just experience it. But as children uh, get used to the nature walk practice, I think absolutely they'll want to bring a you know, their nature journal to be able to sketch or write their observations. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk through how we introduce botany. Can you want to start there? Or I guess we could start with what the album actually starts with, which is the coming of life story. <laughs> um, right. This this yeah. album does have a great story, the it coming does. of life along, along with the timeline of life just to give the children that sort of panoramic sense of uh, you know, how long it has taken for life to develop uh, to what we have now, how long it, life existed on the planet before, before humans emerged. Um, so there's definitely lots of interest and excitement about that. I would say at this time, those of you that are at home without the timeline, I think there are some great um, museum resources that can give oh, sure. you the timeline uh, mm-hmm. on online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it helps children just, um, there's just a vastness to, you're right, how long it's taken humanity to uh, be a part of the earth and all the steps that went into um, creating that beforehand. Um, and it gives them such an appreciation for every aspect of the world, um, not only the plants, but the animals and all the different types of animals. And it evokes a sense of wonder. It's such a great starting point to biology. Well, and, that, and that story begins one of our big themes throughout everything we do uh, with elementary children, which is the idea of the interconnectedness and the balance that's necessary mm-hmm. within um, within the entire universe, you know, so life emerged because things were not in balance and, and part of what everything that exists is doing is following its laws for the natural harmony, uh, in, in the universe. So those themes that start in that story, we revisit throughout all our work. Well, in everything, Mm-hmm. in uh <laughs> that we do but particularly in biology mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's a great reminder I guess to children right now is that everything works together and everything has to balance each other out um and specifically right now our entire globe is fighting one thing so it's sort of interesting to call upon those um that sort of interconnectedness that you're talking about, specifically at, at something like this. Right. Uh, we definitely see, we see our interconnectedness in this kind of crisis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that the world has just a common, a common enemy right now. It's, it's mm-hmm. bonkers. Okay. So let's jump in with botany, my personal favorite of the biology section. Um, I remember going through training 
I didn't know I was going to learn so much about botany. I had no idea. <laughs> um, and I remember specifically when I learned all about the leaf, I became obsessed with leaves and how to classify them. And I almost saw plants in a totally different way after that. Um, because it's so detailed, right? It's so wonderful. I think that uh, we do offer a lot of botany and um, more than than in you know your average education. Uh, but I part of the reason that that this botany is so valuable is that it does help the children really understand the world around them and uh, and there's a power and an excitement in being able to name and understand leaves and flowers and fruit and all parts of plants. Mm -hmm. um, and we start with uh, determining what plants need. So we do a demonstration where children can really see what plants need to survive, uh, which would be a great activity to do at home right now. Uh, if you've got... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this is a great one. It's also a favorite I've always found of any elementary child. Um, mostly because what we do, we have, it's four different glasses, right? Of, uh, with soil and no, with cotton balls and seeds in, right? We do four. Either way, soil or cotton balls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, one of the most fun parts is making the cotton balls really big and squishy. Um, and then <laughs> I always used radish seeds, but any kind of fast growing seed, um, and then the most fun part is you get to label the dishes and then um, you put them in different, different parts, different areas. So, for example, we're talking about what plants need, right? So one is going to have everything. So what do plants need? They need light, they need warmth, and they need water. Um, so one of them is going to get everything. Um, and then the other ones are going to take one away from that. So one is going to have no light. So your child can find a place in your house right now or in the classroom, whenever this all goes back to normal, um, that has no light. Um, and then one would have no warmth. So this was always fun to put it in the fridge. <laughs> That's what we did. <laughs> or the freezer, I guess. Um, and then one will have no water. Yep. Um, and having the child take the time to place those and then you get to invite them to keep regularly checking on them. Um, not the one with no light. That one can be checked like once a day maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, it's super fun. And then you come back and what, like three days a week, something like that? Um, yeah, once the children start noticing mm -hmm. significant changes, you know, ideally the one that has everything is growing along. And the rest are, are not growing at the same level. And, and, you know, depending on the age of the child, you could have them, you know, do daily or, you know, twice a day uh, written observations. Mm -hmm. uh, you could have them uh, keep track of uh, growth measurements. You, you know, there's any number of ways to, to, uh, to add some layers of, of detail to the, to the experiment, uh, if, and then, and then emerge, you know, have the children really determine what they've 
discovered. So we're, we might ask questions of, you know, what have you been noticing or what do you see about this one that had no water or this, you know, um, because we don't want to tell them, we want them to, to discern what the, what the experiment has shown them. And then we can reinforce that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's the important, the important sort of exploration for the children is really coming up with, with, um, their own conclusions. Right. Like they discover it, you know, this is what a plant needs like throughout this experience. Um, and that's sort of the beauty and how we do most things in Montessori. The children come to the conclusion on their own. I mean, with our careful help along the way, um, but they sort of become the masters of their own knowledge, um, right. which is very right. powerful, very powerful for them. And and I think once you come to a conclusion on your own, that's going to stay with you. Like you, you know that, right? Like you figured it out. Um, so, yep. yeah, that's the the sort of baseline that all the rest of the botany presentations stem from, because we're really looking at plants need these particular things to survive. So, how do plants meet their needs and we explore the different parts of plants and how those different parts help the plant to get the things that it needs for survival. Yeah. And I think too, um, showing that plants need things as well gives that awareness to the child. Maybe before this, they took for granted that plants are just growing. Right. Um, and so it, it shows the child like almost a sense of mm, compassion nature um really understanding oh wow like this this plant needs this Mm -hmm. or I should be I should be more careful when I'm um playing or something like that which I think is lovely um and this is something that you can definitely incorporate into those nature walks that we were just talking about um as you're looking at the different parts of the plant this is exactly what you could maybe you go out with your child and you say okay this time on our nature walk, I really want to look at all the different kinds of leaves that you see. And this could turn into a sketching work when you get back home or um, anything like that. Um, you know, in the fall, one of the most fun things I think is um, we collect some leaves and then we'll do leaf rubbings. And there aren't as many leaves on the ground right now. Um but if there are, you could collect some of them because then the children can really see the veins and the shapes of the leaves. Um, and Jamie, you were saying that they could do bark rubbings also to, to look at that. Yeah. So, I mean, um, if you're exploring stems and particularly woody stems, you could look at the different types of bark. Um, ideally, when we work with the children in, in uh, exploring the different uh, parts of the plants, you know, we have a general pattern of how we introduce the different parts where we're going to introduce the function of that part. So, you know, we talk about leaves and the function, the main function of the leaf is to produce food for the plant. So we have a really fun chart that we use to <laughs> to help mm-hmm. uh, illustrate that idea that, that the leaf is actually making making food making the plants dinner. Um, so we would, we would tell a story for most parts of the plant about the function 
and then explore the different parts of that part. So the parts of a leaf and giving each of each function that goes with each little part of the leaf. And then we can explore varieties of, mm-hmm. um, of leaves or of any of the parts of the plant. So we, we try to do that, um, that same pattern when we introduce these different parts so that children understand the function and how that relates to the entire plant's needs. And then they can look more at the individual parts of the leaf or the stem or the fruit and how those individual parts also have functions that relate to to a plant meeting its needs. And then we can explore the variety of the different types of, of leaves or the different types of fruits. Because of course, we all know as we look around nature, there's incredible diversity amongst um, amongst plants that all, you know, most of them have leaves, but they all emerge in different ways. They really do. And this work can be quite extensive. Um, And they can, like you're saying, the varieties are almost, they're not, they're not endless, but they're very, very, there's a lot of them. Um, And, you know, as we're staying home right now, and perhaps, you know, you're trying to think of things to do kind of in your immediate space, um, if you're planning on doing a little bit of gardening or something like this, all of these um, conversations and stories and uh, discoveries can really come from that. And your child, I know they would love to help you with gardening of any kind, um, but it can be educational at the same time. Um, and then that it's sort of a cycle, right? You know, you are introducing these um, the varieties or you're talking about the function of these certain parts of the plant um, and then maybe you're going to garden, but then you, your child's going to want to observe. And then that can just kind of go on and on um, during this time. And, and again, um, one thing I learned being a Montessori guide, if I was really excited about something, then the child was excited about it. So you might not be like super excited about plants, but if you really look like you're excited about plants or you're so excited to talk about this one kind of leaf or what the stem does for the plant, um, that goes a long way with your child and they're going to get really interested in it too. Um, just a t- I don't know tip. how you can't, I don't know how you can't be excited about all this because. Oh no, I know. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> but it's so, And to be able to, you know, even as adults, like when I first learned the majority of this in my training, the sort of empowerment that it gave me to, to be able to, to recognize uh, different kinds of leaf shapes or, or different types of plants, it, it was such a satisfying and amazing feeling to, to be able to recognize and identify things. But also, it really made me more aware of the world around me in a way that I hadn't been. And I think that's one gift we have right now with um, the limitations of Mm -hmm. our lives right now is that we can uh, slow down and take the time to be aware of the world around us and, and find the joy and the excitement in in nature, wherever we are, whether we're in the middle of the city or living out in the country, you can still find trees in the middle of the city. You can still find mm-hmm. 
ants on the sidewalk and observe how they move. I mean, there's a variety of things that you can still explore no matter where you are. And, uh, and that sort of exploration, um, we often don't take time for. And a lot of us right now have the time. Right. I mean, this whole thing is forcing everybody to be a lot more present than we usually are. Um, Mm -hmm. And in some ways, that's kind of a gift because, you know, we get so stuck in a routine and everything is just sort of available and we're just doing the same things. And now a lot of those things have been completely taken away. Um, And while it's really hard and children not being in school is really tough for everybody um, and the world is going through so much, there is... um, there's a little bit of a gift that we can we can really slow down and look around and um yeah. and that's amazing um yeah. and i agree with you Jamie i um when i learned all the the whole biology album i just my it's like my my eyes were open um i used to think that i didn't have a green thumb and i didn't know how to work with plants and now i'm like looking around at my house and i have i i see eight plants in front of me right now and i like, i just and I can't imagine not caring for nature. Um, and I just think that's such a gift. And if we can help children have that awareness at a really young age, that's going to stay with them forever. Um, well, and it's so exciting, like, uh, when you explore fruits and you you mm-hmm. work with the children, you know, the fruit on a plant is there to, you know, um, to protect the seed. And, and then you, when the children find out that botanically, according to, you know, botany science, uh, (laughs) vegetable is not a, is not a botanical designation. Uh, (laughs) And in fact, zucchinis and tomatoes are fruits. Uh, You know, that discovery is so exciting for children and to be able to further explore you know, well, then what's a, a carrot? Well, it's actually a root. It's, mm-hmm. but it's a vegetable. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, for food purposes, we call it a vegetable. I mean, so these kinds of, you know, this is exactly what elementary children love to sort of explore, the, you know, figure out the reasons for things. Why do scientists organize it this way and chefs organize it this way? Um, yes. You know, to have those kinds of debates and discussions and discoveries uh, is, you know, is, very satisfying to this mind that wants to reason like that. Absolutely. So let's go on to the world of zoology um, because I, I don't know. I think every elementary child I've met is obsessed with animals. What would you say? Yes. 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 I mean, animals, you know, that, that currently live or animals that are extinct. Oh Um, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. There's there's a, just a natural fascination with animals, mm-hmm. so of course we want to respond to that as well, uh, and we want to give children exposure to animals. So, yes. um, and and even if you don't have the animals at home or in the classroom, there are birds outside to observe. There are squirrels. So many squirrels in my neighborhood. There are a lot of squirrels. I see a squirrel right now across the street. I'm just like, oh my God. So squirrels you can observe. Uh, Some, a lot of city neighborhoods now have deer that inundate the neighborhood periodically. So there's still animals. And of course, you know, any number of insects that we observe. So 
Yep. Ideally, we're going to have the children out on a nature walk, also observing animal life as much as we can see, uh, uh, which gives them, you know, that sort of sensorial experience, that actual connection to animal life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um, there's a lot of great resources um, all about animals. I mean, you know, there's there's endless things that you can... um, introduce an animal to one of like a child or something that they can like want to learn more about. Um, also just talking about the kingdom kingdoms of animals, um, how they differ, what's di- what, what makes an amphibian and a reptile different? Um, all of those things. That's, that's how we do it in the classroom. Um, we start off with the body function of all, um, of animals. Um, and, and that's a great place to start because they are really different. Why are we, mammals, you know, um, and what, what makes us different than a bird? I mean, there's a lot of differences, but there's also a lot of similarities that you can also talk to the children about. Um, and that goes back to that interconnectedness as well. Um, and this would be a great idea for, you know, they could make a chart or, um, any number of, um, I don't know, diagrams, or I have had so many just sketches of different animals given to me as like little cards. And my favorite animal is the dolphin. I think I probably have like 80 dolphin sketches <laughs> from like across the years. Um, anyway, I just think there's, there's such an appreciation for animals. That's just natural for the elementary child. So just, it's, it's great to just capitalize on that. Yeah. So telling, yeah, telling stories about different animals, um, uh, you know, we have some material for that in the classroom, but, but at, at home, I mean, all it takes is, uh, you know, the adult to read a little bit about a particular animal and share a story with the children. And if you've got some pictures that you can show of that animal uh, alongside, that's great. Um, and start mm-hmm. sort of, again, exploring animals from that standpoint of what does the animal need for survival, some of the basic sort of functions of the animal that help that animal to survive. So we can do that through stories. We can provide the children with some questions that help them to be thinking about animals. Uh, and those questions, they can then apply to all, to you know, to, ver- you know, we have maybe a stack of animal pictures that we use for this where, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. what do they eat? Do they eat ants? Uh, do they eat animals? Do they eat plants? Do they eat plants and animals? Uh, and they could mm-hmm. do, start some of these beginning sort of question, the question and answer game that we do. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, the body functions as well, where we s- explore the the specific functions of each um, of the uh, vertebrates in particular. Um, but particu- but if you're home also, uh, you know, explore invertebrates as well, because there's so many that we can see just out in our backyard or down, mm-hmm. you know, if you live near the beach, you're going to see lots of invertebrates. Um, so exploring the functions of, of both vertebrates and invertebrates. Um, uh, and, and as much, again, independent research that we can uh, encourage the children, that would be great, great activities to be doing right now, um, 
to, you know, find an animal that you love and where do they live? What do they eat? Um, how do they care for their young? Uh, how do they protect themselves? Mm-hmm. And just giving those questions to them and then kind of, this is a really, you're right, a really great thing for all you parents who might be working from home right now to just sort of, that that can entertain them for a bit, you know, answer those questions about an animal you're interested in. Um, mm-hmm. And then that can just sort of go on and on. And, and maybe they do it for one of each of um, that are found in the different kingdoms of animals or something. Um, yeah, and they can, can really help. They can answer the questions in writing. They could answer the questions mm-hmm. with a drawing um, or, or ultimately, you know, well, they just want to make a diorama of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. lions in their natural habitat. And so if you've got play in a cardboard box and some paint. Yep. <laughs> um, you've got an opportunity for children to build something, you know, uh, that rep that's accurate. So they have to have had, you know, done a bit of the research to find, to find out that information. So um, both in botany and in zoology, the work we do with this exploration and, and all the ex- experience they get does help them to build up to being able to see how how scientists classify all living things in order to have an organizational structure of similarities and differences you know so we we talk about um you know it, whether something's a plant or, or an animal you know and what makes it a plant what makes mm-hmm. it an animal and then within the kingdom of animals what further sort of um distinctions are there you know all animals share some characteristics but then some of the characteristics are different vertebrates have a you know vertebrate and um invertebrates do not uh so we have distinctions all the way through that we help them to explore um explore how how we humans have have classified um living things which also is very appealing to elementary children Oh, sure. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, this work, I think, is um, it's not only appealing to the elementary child, um, but it's really it's going to keep them busy because they're naturally interested. Um, And it's great work. Also, Mm -hmm. it's really detailed. It's very it's like it's going to build their research skills. It's going to give them an awareness of the world. It will you know, if they are answering those questions, it's going to help them with their reading and their writing. Even if they're drawing, they're going to be have they're going to be reading the question. You know, I mean, this is great exposure for them in a lot of different areas. Yeah. So I don't I don't think you can go wrong with biology at like ever. But um, especially right now, we also encourage the children to explore how uh, the living and non-living elements uh, interact, particularly within um, individual ecosystems. So that would be Mm -hmm. another thing to explore um, local to where you are and then beyond of how how do the living and non-living aspects work together. And, you know, we show this on the course oftentimes by drawing an ocean ecosystem. I, I do mm-hmm. really encourage everyone to use an ecosystem that the children are familiar with. So if you don't live near an ocean, start with something where you live so you can show the interrelationships of 
you know, the prairie or, or the alpine um, meadow where you live or what, you know, desert, but, but explore how the sun and the water and the land and all the animals and plants work together uh, within an ecosystem is a great, great exploration now. And children can draw these different ecosystems. They could, you know, they can observe it in their neighborhood, the one that you live in. Um, all of those things are, are great. And we want, you know, again, that's circling back to that beginning idea we talked about of um, the first story really showing the need for things in nature to work together harmoniously and ecosystem work helps all of helps the children see how that continues in nature today and how important the different aspects of an ecosystem are to to you know everything working together yeah it really ties it all together it really does um that's a great that's a great point about ecosystems um i Every time I gave that lesson, I it just sparked immediate interest. And I had children exploring as many different ecosystems as they could think of. Um, and so that's that's mm-hmm. another great one. Just have some colored pencils and some paper um, so they can draw right. their own. And then maybe they could make a diorama of an ecosystem or, or they, there's, an, there's any number of, of things of things they could do. Um, and they can define you know, a producer and consumer mm-hmm. and they can, you know, they, there's all sorts of vocabulary that you can bring in with that work. And with older children, especially this work will naturally help them to think about their own place within an ecosystem and, and sort of their responsibility then, you know, uh-huh. we, Absolutely. We, as, we as humans, um, we don't just blindly follow the laws of nature like other things within our ecosystems do. Mm-hmm. We consciously make choices. And so uh, helping the children to see the responsibility that comes along with that consciousness, you know, that we, we, um, we have choices to make to help the, the harmony within the universe. And, and that's uh you know, increasingly talked about in the news with all of the things that are going on in the world and climate and other things, but but also can be very personal and and an important part of children building themselves is starting to see who they are and what they can offer. Mm-hmm. And we give them a little glimpse of that uh, in the work we do in biology in that way. Absolutely. They get to, you know, think about their role in it all. Um, and how their how their actions affect others, no matter how small. So, yep, it's wonderful. And um, you know, I hope this is helpful throughout this time um, when we're all unsure of what is going on. Um, but I think uh, taking a nature walk, looking outside, you know, collecting some leaves, talking about animals, um, it it will make you feel rooted no pun intended just kidding um <laughs> it, but it really will help you feel pretty connected with the earth I've been going for a lot of walks myself um and it's um just breathing in the air and um it's it's helped calm my nerves right now 
Um, and if your child uh, likes to get outside and things like that, this is a great jumping off point um, to incorporate a lot of a lot of this biology work. Um, yeah, it's a great thing that you can still do at this point mm-hmm. and uh, uh, just make sure that you stay six feet away from any other people and that. <laughs> yes, I shouldn't laugh. I'm and sorry. That you're not, it's just no, it's crazy. But seriously you know, six feet away from any other people and that this is something that you're just doing with the people who live in your house Mm -hmm. because we, Mm -hmm. at this point, um, we really have to take that seriously so that we can work toward getting back to a normal life. Um, That's right. So enjoy your nature walk with your own little household um, and wave at the people six or more feet away from Mm -hmm. you as you, as you wander through the neighborhoods. Absolutely. Um, and you can also do a nature walk in your house too. I'm sure you have mm-hmm. indoor plants. Um, and if you don't, that's okay. Um, but that's another great thing. I used to encourage uh, little walks in our classroom to go check out the different kinds of stems that lived lived in our classroom. So that's another option. Um, but if you guys have any questions, um, you know, if you need any help with um, so, you know, we were talking about a lot of the stories. If you, if you need some clarification on anything like that or um, are in need of any kind of advice or anything else, uh, please reach out to us. Um, we'd love to help everybody as much as we can through this time. Uh, you can email us, um, allthingsmontessoripod at gmail.com, or feel free to just message us on Instagram at allthingsmontessori. Um, we are checking both of them regularly, um, and we'd love to hear from you um, and help in any way that we can. Um, and we hope that this biology uh, podcast was a little inspirational, and you'll do some biology work. So, yeah, have some fun. Enjoy this time. That is uncertain as it is. Um, you know, enjoy the time that you have to slow down and get out in nature and take a look at everything that's starting to emerge right now. 